Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Today, as well as baptising people, we're opening up our Easter series called Genius, and we're talking about genius. Now, I don't know about you, but when you see anybody who's a genius, like one of our young guys on um, on the camera series in the room there, he's got this Rubik's Cube in his hand. Anyone done that Rubik's Cube? I said to him, give me that for 16 hours, and I'll do one row. Do you know what I mean? He does the whole thing in a minute, 30 seconds. Like, I just look at that, and I can't understand it. And whenever you see genius, it inspires you to want to do more yourself. What a genius does is they challenge the status quo, they break the barriers, they rewrite the story. And we think that Jesus is the greatest genius who's ever lived. And we're basing this series on this book called The Genius of Jesus by a guy called Erwin McManus. Like I've been a Christian a long time, read a lot of books about Jesus. I've never heard anybody call him a genius. And this book is genius because it looks at Jesus through a completely different lens and that's what we're going to open up in the month of April but you know whether you believe in God or not you have to look at this character Jesus who just for three years what he did in three years transformed not only people around him but the planet in incredible incredible ways and you see here's the thing every genius has a sphere for their genius, whether it's music or whether it's art or whether it's literature or science or invention or skateboarding. And the genius of Jesus, the sphere of his genius is the human spirit. It's the human story. And today you're going to hear people's stories who say that they have been touched by the genius of Jesus and that has helped to rewrite their story. You see, here's the thing. You could spend three years with Michelangelo and you'll never paint the Sistine Chapel, all right? You could spend three years on the football field with Ronaldo and you're never going to hit a free kick like Ronaldo can. But the early followers of Jesus spent just three years with him and not only was their life changed, but they went on to change the world. You see, the genius of Jesus is amazing because it's transferable and it's transformational. And the people that you're going to meet today, they say that the genius of Jesus has somehow touched their life and it's begun to rewrite their story. And we want to talk today to you about the genius of story. You see, every single one of you here in the room and watching online and in our locations, you have a story which is genius. And the genius of your story is this. Firstly, it's unique. There is nobody like your story. There's no story quite like your story. Secondly, it's undeniable. Like as you hear from people today, you might say, well, I don't believe what you believe. And that's fine, but you can't deny what's happened to them. Their story is their story. It's undeniable. It's also unfinished. Can I just say, those of you that are watching, your family and friends, watching people get baptised, we are not saying, and they are not saying, that they are perfect, okay? Their story is unfinished, just like your story and my story. And it is so amazing to welcome the people this morning and to, to... give you an opportunity to hear their stories. We're baptising people in the first service and in the second service. So you're going to hear some stories uh, in the first service for people that are going to get baptised in the second service. So we're basically baptising people across both services. And some of them uh, have chosen to tell their story on video. Some are going to do it live and some are going to do it later on social media. But every one of their stories is genius because it's unique It's undeniable and it is unfinished. There is still more to write. Our first story is from Jacob. Take a look at the screen. This is Jacob's story. 
When I was younger, I went to Pentecostal church in Sturchley and I went with my grandma. I was only about 10, I would say. I was only young at the time. I did Sunday club with my grandma at church, but I didn't really believe in God at all. Um, so I stopped going to the church, but throughout lockdown I got really bored and I wanted a hobby so I spoke to someone called Steve Colella, the Hagley Parish Council in Hagley um, and he suggested I speak to Pauline Hollis who is one of the leaders at who is one of the leaders at Hagley Live Central Church. We went to Hales in Live Central Church. It was really emotional my first time and it was like God was in the room. It just touched me, I knew that he was there in my heart and I was talking to him. How I heard from the Alphacals was through Sam Hughes. Um, he, he put me in touch with it and then I started going every Monday to the Alphacals and I liked talking to young people um, such as Jack and Ollie and Danzy and Rachel. I like watching the videos on the Alpha course like, and then having a discussion within the groups and about all of our lives and, what, and how God has helped us all. And it just makes me feel peaceful and happy and I'm connecting with more younger people because I'd never had that in life. I never used to have many friends before, but yeah, now I'm part of the church, I feel more relaxed and on my days off, I can, like on a Sunday, I can go and do voluntary work at Life Centre Church in Hagley, help Joe Gregory out and that. And that keeps me calm and peaceful. And whenever I watch services there, I know that God's in the room with me and telling me that I'm doing a good job. And God is um, always in my life. And whenever I want to speak to him, I know I can speak to him if I'm getting stressed at work or if I'm feeling a bit emotional about my family in heaven, I know. I can speak to him. Round of applause. Yeah. It's an incredible story of transforma transformation, isn't it, that? And, and Jacob just, well, I've had the privilege of journeying with him in part of his uh, journey with us here at Life Central. And you heard in his story a number of other individuals who journeyed with him from our locations uh, to here in the Hells Open through our Alpha course. Even our kids and youth pastors have been involved with Jacob as well. And it hasn't just been like an overnight thing, but it has been a gradual journey with him, and which is such an amazing thing. And you know, that is the power of testimony, the power of story. And as Leon has said, the genius of story. 
But I wonder, would you put your hands together for uh, four more individuals who are going to, three are going to share today and one is going to share online through our social media. But would you give them a, a big round of applause as they come and join us on stage. So would you welcome Sarah, Harry, Paul and Nathaniel as they come and join me on stage. Yeah, come on. That's it. Yeah, come forward guys, come forward, come right forward. And so uh, Sarah's going to share her testimony first. And, you know, this is a really nerve-wracking thing for a lot of these guys. It's the first time they will have been up here and holding a mic. So why don't you make Sarah feel really welcome? And in locations, give her a big round of applause. Hi. For anyone that knows a little bit of my story... They all know the amount of courage it has taken for me to stand in front of you this morning. Even as recently as four or five weeks ago, I didn't think I'd be able to do it. Yet here I am. I grew up going to church. I got married, had my children, started my career working within that church. It was a huge part of my life. Then, as a family, we were faced with a situation that rocked us. At a time when I should have clung to my faith, I couldn't. I no longer had the church, and I genuinely believed that God wasn't there for me or my family. I spent the next 20 years trying to fill the void that had been left. I went from one disastrous relationship to another. I made bad choice after bad choice. I struggled with an eating disorder, and my mental health took a battering. My ability to be a good mom was affected, and I think there were times when my kids ended up having to parent me rather than the other way around. Over time, I lost sight of Sarah and became desensitised to situations I found myself in. I didn't like myself and far from love myself. Then during the first lockdown, I started to watch Life Central, online. Right from the start, I loved it and felt that Leon was speaking directly to me. During that lockdown, my son nagged me to remove an old-fashioned cast-iron water pump from the centre of our lawn in the back garden. It had been cemented into the lawn by my ex. It didn't bother me being there, but my son Tom hated it. For him, it represented a period of time that was very difficult for him. He constantly pointed out how ugly it was, how it was in the way, and how it simply wasn't needed anymore. So one Sunday morning, we dug that water pump out. I thought we were both going to burst a blood vessel, trying to break through the concrete in order to remove it. But eventually, it was gone. We were left with a hole in the middle of the lawn, which I had every intention of covering with a new piece of turf, but I just never got round to it. That year passed and the following spring I went out into the garden and there in my dirt patch were the most beautiful spring flowers. It was a bit of a wow moment. I hadn't planted any bulbs or seeds yet there they were. Beneath the concrete and the ugly cast iron pump was something of pure beauty. I read a quote this week that said, when a flower doesn't bloom, you fix the environment in which it grows, not the flower. Well, if I'm honest, 
I've had many an ugly pump in my life. <laughs> Toxic environments which have prevented me from growing and blooming. But from watching church online, joining a connect group and eventually attending in person, I realised it was time to, that I took control of my life, change the things I could change and accept the things I couldn't. Make peace with past hurts and then move on from them. Remove toxic influences from my life and most importantly, invite Jesus back in. I'm so far from perfect and those closest to me will testify to that. But I want to be the best version of Sarah I can possibly be. The Sarah that God wants me to be. I have no idea what the future holds for me. I get scared when things appear uncertain. But ultimately, I believe God knows exactly what my future holds. In one of my favourite worship songs, it says, If I am not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. And I truly believe it, that the greatest things are absolutely still to come for me. What a great story, right? And uh, yeah, keep clapping because Nathaniel is going to come up and share his story now. So keep clapping. Hey, my story is quite short, but it is what it is. I grew up in a loving, caring family which always came to church. During this, I never really understood what following Jesus really meant and came to church like it was a weekly chore. It was at Limitless Festival when I finally understood what truly meant to be a follower and gave my life to Jesus that night. However, life wasn't straight after that. I still found myself doing things I knew I shouldn't do and saying things I shouldn't say, but God was with me and forgave me for those things. And I found myself recommitting again and again. But I never really, I never truly let go of the pain and guilt left by these actions. When the pandemic hit, I slowly drifted away from church and faith and struggled to connect to God during isolation and online services. But Jesus never left me. And when church opened back up again, I went and rediscovered the faith I had lost and was, and started engaging with church again. At Limitless One this year, I listened to the speaker who was talking about leaving things God doesn't want for me at the altar and step into his open arms, which really spoke to me. And after this talk, he asked for people to come up to the front to be prayed for, and there I went. And when he started praying, I felt the warming embrace of Jesus around me and stood there crying as the weights of pain and guilt I was carrying just dropped to the floor. After that night, I knew it was time to get baptised, and that's why I'm here today. And after today, whatever God has planned for me, so be it. It's great, isn't it? It's really good. Now keep clapping because we've got one more story to hear. So put your hands together for the youngest person who's getting baptised today, and that is Harry. Come forward, Harry. Come on. Hi, my name is Harry and I'm 12 years old. This is my testimony. I was born into a Christian family and have grown up knowing about God. At my previous church, which I attended from being a baby up until I was 10 years old, I started to find more about God. 
and during Sunday school lessons, we would study the Bible together and we would be plenty, there would be plenty of opportunities to ask questions. My Sunday school teachers, Beth, Ruth and Jenny, were passionate about sharing their faith with us. And even now, as I attend another church, Beth is still sends me books in, through the post. She has taught me so much about God, but also started me, showed show me how to have a real relationship with God. Throughout primary school, I had a really difficult time. I struggled to make friends and was often made fun of. I talked to my mum and my dad, and we often spent time praying. The verse, Romans 8, 37, helped me through this time. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I decided that I want to move, I, I decided that I didn't want to move to schools, but trusted God that he would help me through tough times. In year six, I was made head boy and ended up ended school on a positive footing with a good friend. As well as my parents, my grandparents have been a positive influence in my growth, in my growing faith. My nan and granddad have been really kind and spent time keeping me from thinking about the negatives. They've really helped me to focus. My nan and granddad from Lancashire have always been supportive and always seen the best in me. I used to write to my nana on a regular basis and share my worries with her. Her love for God was inspirational to me and her advice was always helpful. In 2019, my nana was diagnosed with cancer and bravely fought through the treatment. Then, in summer 2020, she also suffered a stroke. Again, she fought through, fought and got back onto her feet. In February 2021, my nana was suddenly rushed to hospital and we lost her three days later. The cancer had spread. Throughout everything, my nana never lost faith in and trust in God. Seeming, seeing how much my nana loved God helped me to want to, to know him more. I wanted a real relationship with him. I wanted to keep growing closer to him. In October 2019, we started attending Life Central here at Hells Owen. Then lockdown happened. During this time, I was able to meet with young people my own age online in our Sunday School Tribes meetings. One person who was in those meetings with Jonathan Turner, who, thanked, uh, who thanks to God is now in my form as I've moved on to high school. Uh, he has become a great friend. Now that we are able to meet together again in church and, and in cruise, I've made so many new friends and my life is so very different. I want to say, I want to thank Sam, John, Adam, Harvey, Hannah and Lauren for helping me to grow my faith here at church. I have been given the opportunity to serve God on the production team and I am seeing my confidence grow. Thank you to all on this team who have been kind and supportive to me. I really look forward to what God has planned for me next. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> um, we're gonna we're gonna see one more story as well, and uh, that's from somebody who's getting baptised in the second service. So why don't you turn your eyes to the screen as we watch Hillary's story? Oh, my life before I came to Life Central. Let's think. Well, I've I've been born and brought up in a Christian home, and I am so grateful for that. Um, it's been a privilege. Um, so I don't ever remember a time not knowing about Jesus. But it wasn't until I was eight that I made that decision to become a Christian myself. In a very childlike way, I gave my heart to Jesus, but I knew there was something different, there was something changed. 
um, I can remember getting up for school the next morning and just feeling different. I knew that Jesus was real and was with me. If anybody isn't a Christian and thinks that by becoming a Christian it's a one-way ticket to heaven and the pathway is easy with roses and you know soft music along the way that's entirely wrong because I have had tragedy in my life um, and I've had life's crises but God has led me through them all one was I had a very serious mental breakdown um, and that resulted in me having to go and live with my parents, taking my children, my two girls with me. I'd lost my marriage. I'd lost my home that I'd chosen with my husband. Um, I'd lost my health, my mental stability. I'd lost weight. Um, I'll never get back to that again, I'll tell you, what I looked like then. But I did. I was very poorly, but God used a very dear friend who had recently come into my life to walk the pathway with me. I'd been a busy Christian, shall I say, for many, many years. And yeah, that was good, but at the same time, it wasn't right because I used my busyness to please God. It was during that time that we began to watch Life Central. And as a couple, we knew that God was moving in our lives, that he was stirring us up, uh, getting us out of our comfort zone. But being at Life Central under the, the ministry of Leon and uh, everything else that goes on here, I've really come back to the heart of worship, which is Jesus. I know that Jesus is what it's all about. One of the biggest joys for me has been to be back in a community where I've met so many of the, the children I've taught over the years. That has been such a thrill. I loved, I, I just loved being with the children and I really loved them. Um, and it's been great to come back and be greeted by so many of my old pupils. And that has been just wonderful because I know I've prayed for those children. I do serve alongside some of them. I've come back into service um, and I'm involved in Little Treasures and I'm also involved at Tribes. Um, and it's just wonderful. By being baptised, I want to just show that in my life that purely and simply, when everything is stripped away, it's about him. It's about being obedient to him, about accepting his love in my life and just being who I am, who he created me to be. Wow, yeah, put your hands together, guys. So amazing. And just, Hilary, as you, as you were sharing that story, just that's powerful just sense for me, I wanted to say, legacy is not a what, it's a who, and who you've invested in, and now you're coming back and investing in some kids again. Legacy is not a what, it's a who. And I think that's the genius of our story, isn't it? You know, that it's, it's unique to us. Every story you just heard, guys, is unique. Everyone is unique. Everyone is undeniable. You could say you don't believe in God, and you don't believe in the God that they're talking about, but you can't deny what's happened to them. And every single one of those stories is unfinished. 
God has got more to do in every single one of those people. And it just is a, such an honour and a privilege to baptise these guys and girls a little bit later on as well. We are looking at the whole idea of genius. It's based, inspired by this book, The Genius of Jesus, a guy called Erwin McManus. I really encourage you. Uh, we're going to be travelling through this book in April and now in May as well. Okay, So I want to encourage you to get a hold of this book and read it. You can download it on audio or Kindle as well. It is an incredible, incredible book and uh, we want to give um, honour and you know, kind of, you know, credit to him uh, for the inspiration behind it. But I want to talk to you a little bit about the genius of your story today. Um, you know, God is far better than you ever imagined. He really is. And maybe for some of you uh, here today or watching online or in a location, maybe you're not a church person, you don't really do church, you don't really do God and all of that. Maybe you come along today because someone's dragged you or, or you've come because you've got family or friends getting baptised. And maybe you've never really thought about God in terms of God for you and in your life. God is far better than you ever imagined. And one of the geniuses I think about God is that God wanted so much to have a relationship with us, but the reality is that he was kind of inaccessible to us before he sent Jesus. Because when Jesus came, all of a sudden we can see what God is really like. And, and when Jesus came, he came to do the ultimate thing that many of us don't believe still that God wants to do. And, and it's this, Jesus came, didn't come to rub it in, he came to rub it out. And you've already heard stories today about, about toxic things and painful things and, and difficult things in people's lives. But Jesus didn't come to rub it in and make you feel worse. Jesus actually came to rub it out. One of my favourite films is a film called The Mission. Anyone seen The Mission? It's a film from the 80s. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. It's a great film and it's based in South America and it's a whole bunch of Jesuit priests that head into a tribal area where they've never met anybody outside of their tribe. And, and this character, the Robert De Niro character, is a soldier who's got so much pain in his life. He's got so much baggage. And literally he takes all of the elements of his life, puts them in a sack and he drags it around with him. And there's a really powerful bit in the film where he's, he's climbing up a, up a, a waterfall, up the rocks, and, and he's dragging and pulling it down. And as he gets to the top, these tribal people come around him and they get a knife and he thinks they're going to kill him, but they don't. They cut the rope and the relief on his face when all of that baggage hits the floor is palpable. And you might not think, or you might say, well, that, that's fine like for him, but I haven't got a lot of baggage. Like I'm not dragging stuff around. Like My life's great. My life's fine. Why do I need Jesus? Well, let me tell you what, why you need Jesus and this next thing. You see, Jesus makes your life better and makes you better at life. Your story might not be like everybody else's story. And you might right now thinking, well, I'm fine. I don't kind of need God. But Jesus makes life better and makes you better at life. Life And how does he do that? Well, he does it by connecting to your story and then by transforming your story. And I want to show you how he does that by taking you through a story of an encounter that Jesus has with a lady. And in the Bible, um, the Gospels in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, John records this in John chapter 4 where Jesus meets a woman and connects with her story in such a way that he transforms her story. Let's read it together. It says this, Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? And the first thing that Jesus does is Jesus connects. He connects with our humanity. 
So the Bible here says that Jesus was tired and needed a drink. And I love this. This is God who's tired. Anyone been tired? To be honest, most people are tired. When I say, how are you? Most people these days say, I'm tired, don't they? He was tired and he was thirsty. He was human, just like us. And when you, if you think God is somehow this cosmic kind of, if there is a God, he's cosmic and, and he's inaccessible and he's out of reach. When he came in the form of Jesus, it was to show us what humanity is really like and that God in human form knows everything you and I experience. He's tired. He, get, he got frustrated. Anyone got frustrated? He got disappointed. He was let down by people. He knew pain. He knew everything that you and I know. He connects with our humanity. And many people say, okay, then where is God when life hurts? Where was God in COVID? Where is God in Ukraine? I tell you, his life proves his heart. His life proves his heart. I'll tell you where God was in COVID. He was right there in care homes with folks. He was right there. Where is he in Ukraine? He's in there, in the rubble, in the rubbish, holding people up, trying to work, moving through situations. Jesus shows us that he connects with our humanity. But not only that, let's go on in the story. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Not only does Jesus connect with our humanity, but Jesus connects with our story. You see, what the woman is saying here is that we shouldn't be talking, right? Because in this culture of the day, women didn't talk to men in public unless you were married to them. So he says, I'm a woman, you're a man. I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew. And they hated each other. Not only are you a Jew, you're a Jewish rabbi. Okay, a teacher, a religious teacher. We shouldn't be having this conversation. Not only that, but I have a reputation. How do we know she has a reputation? Because she comes to the well at 12 noon, the hottest part of the day. You only do that if you don't want to bump into anyone. Everybody else, nobody else is coming to the well at 12 noon. No women. She comes because she doesn't want to bump into anyone because she has a reputation and she has a past. And Jesus later on tells her her past because he sees right through into her story. And he says, yeah, you've had five husbands and the guy you're living with now is not your husband. She has a reputation and she has a past. And basically, she's saying, we shouldn't be talking. We shouldn't be. But this is the genius of Jesus. He not only connects with our humanity, he connects with our story. And he enters into her story. Guys, I want to tell you, nobody is too good for Jesus to interact with their story. And nobody is too bad. Isn't that true? Many of us know that, don't we? Jesus connects with our story. And I love this. I love this because what he does here is he reaches right into her heart and right into her story. And he names it and, and, and calls it out as it is. You see, she has a past that she just can't move past. I don't know about you, but I love this that I read recently. Often when we get hysterical, it's most likely historical. In other words, when we get hysterical in life, it's because our past shapes our our kind of present and our future, doesn't it? We're often driven by how we act and how we react by our past experiences. We get hysterical because often things are historical. And what what she does is, is she... Is Jesus connects with her. And, he, and, and you know, shame has us running and hiding when no one is chasing us. That's what shame does. And this woman is full of shame. But Jesus shows her just by connecting with her that not only does he connect with her humanity, he connects with her story as well. 
And it's so great. And I want to say to you, if you feel that you failed at any point in life, listen, failure is, is a bruise, it's not a tattoo. It's a bruise, it's not a tattoo. And I love that about this woman. She feels that she's failed relationally. She's failed spiritually. She's failed morally. She feels that she's failed, but failure is a bruise. It's not a tattoo. It affects us, but it doesn't shape us or define us. And I think what happens often for you and I is that we allow what happens in life to affect our story so much that we feel we can't move on past our story. A guy called Henri Nguyen, he, he, he devised this a few years ago, which I love it. He calls it the five lies of identity. Let me just track you through this. Number one, I am what I have. That's what people think. Can I just say, everything you have will be owned by somebody else one day. You do know that, don't you? So we're not what we have. So, so, so let's, that, that's just a complete lie. The second one is, I am what I do. Whenever you meet someone new, after, after the name, what's the question you ask them? What do you do? Because that's what we think identity is. Identity is not what I do. Thirdly, I am what others say or think of me. Many of the folks getting baptised today, they know that, that identity is not what others think or say. It's who God says we are. And then this, this one, and this is getting deep now. I am nothing more than my worst moment. Ouch. How many of us have thought that? Maybe this woman, as she sat there by the well, thinking about all the relationship nightmares that she's had and, and difficult experiences that she's had and the shame. She says, no, I'm nothing more than my worst moment. That's a lie. That's a lie. And then the fifth one is this. I'm nothing less than my best moment. I think for many of us, if you, if you've been brought up in church like I have, and Hillary said that as well, you know, we often think that we've always got to be perfect. We've always got to be at our best moment. Otherwise, God won't accept us. That's a lie as well. Love the fact that Jesus connects with our story. The genius of Jesus is that he helps you get past your past. And it goes on. Let's go back to the story. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you'd have asked him and he would have given you living water. You see, this is the genius of Jesus. He's talking about something cultural and practical, but he's really leading her to something much deeper than the water. Carry on. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Okay, so it's going deeper. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. I think it goes on. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And as they have this conversation about water, what's really going on is deeper than that. Because there's a deeper desire in her life that's never been met on the outside. That deeper desire. You remember that old U2 song, Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For? And she's gone through all these different relationships thinking that's what's going to give her what she needs. And it's never, ever going to work until she meets Jesus. And when she meets Jesus, the genius of Jesus is that he connects you to your deepest, deepest desire. You know, one of the reasons that I believe in God, okay, is that only human beings ask, ask existential questions. Now, existential questions are, is there more to life than this? What happens when I die? Is, no, if we only come from bubbling soup, okay, and we're just a few atoms that come from bubbling soup, and I'm all into science, we love science, but if that's all we are, why would we ask existential questions? 
Why would we ask questions about the beyond and about is there anything more? Why would we ask those questions if we're just atoms from bubbling soup? No animals ask those questions. At the watering hole in Africa, you don't get wildebeest sat around the watering hole saying, I wonder if there's more to life than this. I wonder where I go when I die. Or that, or that giraffe that in his 40s says, what have I done with my life? And all of a sudden gets a leather jacket and starts driving a f- Ferrari. It doesn't happen because we are made in the image of God. And because we're made in the image of God, that's why we have that kind of stuff inside of us. And what life does, guys, is it knocks that out of us the longer we go on. But this woman realised that there was more to life than what she was experiencing. Why did she realise that? Because she's made in the image of God. And I love what Sarah said in her story. To be the best Sarah that God has made her to be. That's the goal for every single, not to be the best Sarah, that's her goal. But for us to be the best version of ourselves we can be. And when we allow God, he meets our deepest desire. But there's one more thing I want to say. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and they made their way towards him. The last thing about the genius of Jesus is genius connects our story to a bigger story. Guys, those of you getting baptised today, your story is not the end. Jesus has a bigger story for you to connect to. You guys are going to be used by God to connect others into their bigger story as well. I want to say, I read this during lockdown, the best chapter titles come later. And as she sat by the well with Jesus... If she was writing out her story, chapter one might have been pain. Chapter two might have been shame. Chapter three might have been despair. But when she meets Jesus, he begins to rewrite her story. And the best chapter titles often come later when you realise what God is doing in your life. And so if she writes a story out now, maybe her chapter title is love, home. Chapter five, do you know what I mean? It's meaning, it's purpose because Jesus is rewriting her story and as we baptise people in just a few minutes they haven't arrived okay they're not perfect they're not finished but Jesus is connecting with our humanity connecting with our story connecting with our deeper desire and then connecting our story to his bigger story guys I want to say that can happen for every single one of us you know what I love just sitting there listening to that is how many of those guys were saying during lockdown, I watched online. During lockdown, this time, I took a step. They basically took a step. And I want to say to you, in the room and watching in our locations and online, you can also take a step today. You really can. And maybe for some of you, that step is a big yes. And you're ready to say, yes, I don't get it all, but I'm in. I want to know Jesus. You can take that step today. But maybe some of you, it's a little yes. You just want to say, do you know what? I'm intrigued. I'm a little curious. I want to find out more. Maybe your little yes step is to come back. Come back next week. I'm going to look at Jesus, the myth, the man, the genius, or more. And we're going to open the whole thing up about his life. Or maybe come back at Easter. Check out for yourself. What has the death and resurrection of Jesus 2,000 years ago possibly got to do with me? We want to show you that and talk you through that. But I want to invite you to stand right where you are. Let's stand together. And guys, if you are um, want to take your next step, one of the things you can do is you can fill in our next step card. 
And it's coming up on the screen for those of you watching online or you can see it here. You can go to our website. You can go to the connection point afterwards and you can say, I want to take a next step. Maybe it's the big yes. Maybe it's to give your life to Jesus. You can do that today. Or maybe it's a little yes. You just want to take a step with Him. I want to pray for you and for everyone. And then we're going to sing and then we're going to baptise these amazing people together. So why don't we pray? Jesus, thank you so much for the genius of your story that connects with our story and makes our story also genius. And Lord, today as we watch and as we witness and as we celebrate with these people getting baptised, may we be reminded that each of us have a story that is unique. Each of us can have a story that is undeniable and each of us have a story that is unfinished. Lord, none of us need to, need to, need to hide you know, from, from anybody else, let alone you. Because Jesus, you already know us and you love us. Shame has got us running when no one is chasing. So God, I pray that today we would know your power. We would know the genius of your story as it touches our life. Help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.